You are listening to the Performers and Creators Lab podcast. I was a kid and I, I've always sung and I've always wanted to be one of the first Asian American artists to be a household name because there's still none. And that's why I fought for my, myself and I fought for what I believed in. This isn't just another podcast with tips or tricks. This isn't just interviews with great artists. This is about finding the missing pieces that are going to help you make it as an artist. I'm your host, Holly Shaw, best-selling author, hypnotherapist, and creativity coach. And this is the Performers and Creators Lab weekly podcast, helping you to find your edge. <laughs> hey, all you performers and creators, this is Holly Shaw coming at you from Oakland, California. So I, w- I have a question for you. What are you doing lately to nurture your creative spirit? What are you doing in your life right now that is nurturing your creativity or that deep deep need for performing, the performing beast that must come out. (laughs) What are you doing these days to nurture that? And I ask this because even though I know a lot of y'all are, you know, professional artists, still there can be times in our life where we just have to set aside our creativity for a short amount of time. Maybe we're dealing with a lot of the business end of things, or you know, maybe there's something that comes up in our life that has to take precedence and we have to set aside the artist stuff for a while. But what I know is that, you know, when we aren't nurturing that, when that is such a core part of who we are and we aren't nurturing that, it can cause so many problems, this blockage of creativity. It's like this fierce energy that wants to move through us. And when we aren't paying attention to it, it can cause health issues. It can cause depression. It can cause, you know, weight gain, anxiety, uh, suicidal thoughts, Ooh, all kinds of things. It can leak out in the middle of a of a party when you're talking to somebody and you find yourself just dominating the whole room and kind of performing for everyone because, gosh darn it, you got to get it in somewhere, right? (laughs) Does that happen to you guys? Well, anyway, I can only speak from personal experience, but I've seen it, you know, on a lot of us, we kind of can leak out if we aren't paying attention to it. So that's what um, the topic of today's episode is all about, unleashing that creativity, what it can do to you if you don't, because we're talking with singer Renella Ferrer. She is a beautiful songstress with a heart of gold. She was, you may recognize her from uh, Khloe Kardashian's The Revenge Body. So, hey, here's a, here's the thing. Would you like to be the featured guest on the 2018 season finale episode of the Performers and Creators Lab podcast? Well, here's how you can do this. The Performers and Creators Lab podcast is throwing a performance challenge all during the month of September. 
So that's right, like right now. So we're challenging you to take your art, your hug tunnel, your improv troupe, your songs, your dance team, your eye gazing experiment, your flash mob, whatever you've got, whatever it is that you want to do, take it into public spaces this month. Videotape it, share it on social media with the hashtag PACL challenge. And you'll be instantly entered to win the grand prize and other awards. So you're going to visit www.performersandcreatorslab.com for details. In addition, get this, in addition to being the featured guest on the season finale episode, getting you and your art in front of thousands of listeners around the world, the grand prize winner also wins a VIP day with me. So that includes coaching, hypnotherapy, career advice, whatever you want to work on that day, and a night out on the town in San Francisco with dinner and a show. So we're going to go out, y'all. Dude, this is exciting. I'm, I'm excited for you to win it. I want you to win it and come with me out on San Francisco, and I can help you, and then we'll have a really fun night. So all you have to do in order to enter this challenge is perform in a public space, videotape it, share it on social media with the hashtag PACL challenge. So I know y'all are like performing and videotaping and sharing it anyway. So just put the hashtag PACL challenge on there to get entered instantly. So there you go. Get to it. There you go. That's a way to unblock your creativity right now. Just get right down to it and enter the performance challenge. All right. That is your mission. Come on, army of artists. I know you can do it. So there you go. Uh, Yeah. So, you know, I used to sort of preempt little announcements with a little music to alert you to the fact that we were changing gears and that we were going to drop into a little public PSA announcement. But then, you know, I've been listening to Mark Marin's WTF podcast, and I noticed how he kind of just like shoves commercials in the middle of his monologues. And I'm like, wow, that's that's kind of brilliant. Like it catches you unaware. You don't know what's happening to you. And I thought, man, and I'm the hypnotist and I'm not the one doing this. So anyway, but I'm the one that's going to tell you about what I'm doing and how I'm doing it because, you know, that's just me. Yeah, so Renella, let's get down to our featured guest. Renella Ferrer is a beautiful songstress. You're going to recognize her on Khloe Kardashian's Revenge Body. But even before that, she was one of the most sought-after independent artists in Hollywood. She opened up for Keisha Cole, Nelly, Stevie Wonder, Tyrese, and other big names. And she even had her own radio show. She sings the national anthem for several um, major sports teams. She sang for the Clippers. And I'm told this is an important fact. They won after she sang for them. Renella Ferrer. recognize you from being on the revenge body with Khloe Kardashian. Um, but I actually am more interested. I would like to rewind and go back to what was happening in your life 
when you were a musician and you were singing, you were doing it, you put together a team, you put your whole heart into it, and then something happened and you stopped. Okay. And that's kind of why you gained weight because your creativity stopped, right? Right, right. Amongst other things, which, but that was the biggest reason. Um, one of the main things that was happening in my life, I literally was just going accordingly to my passion. When I first started, I didn't know where it was going to take me. I, all I knew was I just wanted to sing. I loved singing. I loved performing. It gives me the best feeling in the world. And I had great people around me that was telling me just go sing, 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 perform, perform, perform. Who cares if you get paid for gigs, just perform, you know, um, do what you love. So that way, the more you put yourself out there, the more that you'll get exposure and in music or in any business, marketing is probably one of the top things that you would have to put a budget aside for. Um, that's why influencers are so big right now. Anyway, but that's another story. So anyway, I perform, perform, perform. And then a lot of the gigs I didn't get paid for, but I was performing at one of the best clubs in Hollywood, opening up for Keisha Cole, Nelly, Twista, those rappers, and um, Stevie Wonder, Tyrese, like a lot of R&B musicians. Um, I pretty much was known as the first Asian artist that was literally performing all over Hollywood and just, uh, you know, other places. So... At that time, my mom was like, well, what are you doing with your life? You're not getting paid for a lot of these gigs. Why are you doing it? Well, to me, it was an exchange of publicity, publicity that I didn't have to pay for, marketing that I didn't have to pay thousands of dollars for. And But then again, I was losing a lot of money on my own. So I also wanted to prove to my family, like, I'm not just another struggling artist or a book artist, as you know, when was the last time you bought a CD or you downloaded music? Exactly. So that's why I was like, okay, well, let me just start working on work, which is something I still love because I love marketing. I love talking to people. So I started doing that. And then um, I had a team of people that I was working with during that time. And they slowly just kind of like dispersed because they had to live their life. And that's another thing that I felt bad for because a lot of them depended on me. And to this date, they still depend on me to make it so they can, they, they can make it. My stylist, my hairstylist, my videographer to manager at that time, everything depended on me. I'm the person that would have to carry everyone to get to the next level so that they can showcase their work because they really genuinely believed in me. And that's another thing. Um, I wanted to surround myself with people that were really passionately um, uh, passionate about their craft or their art. Also, I needed to feel that they were completely supportive of my career, that they know that, you know, if I work with Renella, my work is going to flourish. And I, I, you know, there's some like very, very few people that I still have around to this day that still um, believe in me. And I, I'm grateful for that. But then again, there's also other people that I have to, I've had to deal with that were not so supportive and they were just around because they see the light. And mm -hmm. well, that's a lot of pressure, I would imagine, to put on yourself that if that I don't succeed, all these people wasted their time. You know, that's a lot of pressure. Absolutely. Because I felt bad. I, I literally would be I had a complete management team that controlled down to the tweets that I have, down to what I wore, down to the makeup that I wore every time I step out of my house, down to my makeup. They wanted to make sure that I represented and embodied 
the whole Your brand. Yeah. My point is like, I'm, I'm a brand just like a Coca-Cola bottle is a brand that is represented by all these people. That one bottle represents all these people that work around Coca-Cola. So if you look at it like that, each artist is represented by 20, 30, 40, 50 people in a team just to make that artist look like that or sound like that or have the image like that or talk like that. So imagine at that time, I mean, I only had like, what, five to six people that was literally surrounding me and it was a lot of pressure. But then again, um, I also, when I started working, uh, you know, the management and I, the main manager, we kind of like parted ways. And during the management team, I wasn't really allowed to have a boyfriend because of course, if I did, then it takes away the focus of my everyday. And as you know, musicians are really very emotional, passionate about what we do. So I'm very sensitive, like I'm strong, but yet I'm sensitive. So emotions can get in the way of success unfortunately, but still to this day. And um, I sacrificed my everyday for everybody. And then when I didn't have a team anymore, I was like, okay, well, now I can have a boyfriend. So the first boyfriend that I had was the first guy that I dated. I was like, you, you're going to be my boyfriend. I didn't have <laughs> so I literally had a bad experience of that. And then that was another story from me starting to work. And then I slowly kind of step away from performing. I started gaining weight. I was in a mentally abusive relationship, a person that was very um, narcissistic. So it just kind of like rollercoastered into that. And then I remember during that time when I like got at my heaviest, I was like, God, what happened to my life? All I ever really knew was doing music. All I ever knew was doing music. There was not a single day or two that I did not hum or sing a tune. I mean, I'm pretty sure even when I wasn't performing anymore, I literally was still music was in my heart. And it came to a point where I was really known for being a singer, not for being a pretty face or modeling or anything like that. I'm not a model. I model for what I have to model for, but I'm, I'm a true, true musician. All this is a package. Like, all this is part of the package, you know? So I um, literally um, didn't know what to do. I was, like, praying to God. I was, like, what is going to happen to myself? What's going to happen to my life? I, I didn't get this far just to get this far. I didn't get this far just to get this far. And even now, just thinking about it, like, God, like, you, it's, it's real. Like, I literally gained weight. I would look at myself in the mirror. I was so embarrassed of even looking at myself, my body, and taking pictures. I was, um, I, I would get gigs and get booked for gigs. And I knew inside I didn't want to get, you know, I didn't want to perform because I was so embarrassed of people posting photos of myself. And um, knowing that I gained this much weight, I was so self-conscious. Imagine from a girl who was like small, uh, medium, now I have to go to the mall and buy triple XL. And I'm known for being colorful. Like even my nails are bright and colorful. My sports bra is bright and colorful. Like I'm known for being bright and colorful. So for me to wear black, it's like, it was a comfort zone, but I was so unhappy. I was so unhappy. Mm, what about you, listener? Where are you 
unhappy with your creative output or your creative activities. Maybe, hopefully you're not at this point, but you can probably relate to some point in your life feeling stuck or blocked, and then it just leads to all kinds of activities that you don't want, right? Doesn't it feel great to learn about yourself? Don't you just love that wonderful satisfaction that you get when you discover some missing puzzle pieces that help you go, oh, oh, wow, that's that's why I am the way I am. Yeah, it's awesome, right? So I've created an assessment. It's called a creative DNA quiz that will help you understand who you are as an artist and how you work best creatively. This quiz is going to help you fill in the gaps to understand where your genius is and illuminate those areas where you could shore up your weaknesses by working with others. So there are three main types, the explorer, the visionary, and the strategist. I wonder which you are. Hmm. So you want to visit performersandcreatorslab.com to find the creative DNA assessment. Just look for the tab, discover your creative DNA. You can take the quiz. You get the results via email. It's awesome. So be sure to visit performersandcreatorslab.com to get that gift. And now we'll hear a little bit more from our singer, Renella Ferrer, as she talks about life before the revenge body, life after the revenge body, what it's like to sing for huge stadiums, and more. Renella Ferrer. You know, what's funny is like, Everybody thinks, oh, you were discovered by the no. revenge body. And it's like, no, yeah. no, no. You were out there from what you're saying. Yeah. You were out there doing it. You yeah. had a viable career before that. Yeah. Um, so what do you want your legacy to be? I mean, this is where people see you now, right? Right. You're on a reality show that had a lot of exposure, which is good because a lot of people right. find inspiration in you. It's part of your story. But what would you like your claim to be fame to be what do you want for yourself like five years from now I would like to be that woman to that people would look at and like you know what if you say you can't do it (laughs) Renella did it you can do it I want to be known as that woman that did the impossible in my mind from when I first started prior to even the weight gain prior to even being recognized and opening up for all these people I knew in my heart I was a singer I was a kid and I, I've always sung and I've always wanted to be one of the first Asian American artists to be a household name because there's still none. And that's why I fought for my, myself and I fought for what I believed in, doing the right thing too. As you know, the music industry is filled with, you know, just, you have to be a sex object, unfortunately. You have to look a certain way. You have to weigh a certain way. You have to be a certain way with some people, but if you have enough talent, there's no way to know how that you cannot make it into what you want to do. If you really believe that this is your calling, you will go after it and you will face the consequences. As you know, just like uh, recently, what's that guy's name that was on Family Matters because he was still working at Trader Joe's. You will do whatever it takes to sacrifice into what you want to do without having to give up your um without having to give up your uh, dignity. And that's what I have always believed in because I can, I can so honestly say I've gotten this far in my career without having uh, being able to sleep with myself at the end of the day 
whatever you can sleep with at the end of the day, then do that. As long as you know you're living your life, doing the things that you love the most. I don't want to live in regret when I'm like in my 40s, 30s, that and saying that, oh man, I wish I would have chased after this dream because I was too busy um, trying to impress other people or I was too busy trying to um, make sure other people felt better about whatever about life. No one cares. When people are doing what they, they love and people are doing their purpose, if you notice, some people have that glow. Like, because that's exactly what they're supposed to be doing. That's when you're at your best. That's when you're at your most beautiful self is when you're doing what you love and what you're, when you're expressing yourself. Like just like with anything, like a glass, it'll be clearer and it will shine brighter when it's clear and clean. So find, find your purpose. And that's what I want people to believe in. It's like, it's, it's real. I mean, it's real. Like literally when you know that you're doing what you love, you just have to go for it. I feel like my hair is like, my hair looks better when I'm happy. <laughs> funny but like I really notice like my hair like has good hair days when it's happy like it's like just buoyant and shiny and like hello everything flows, everything flows right yeah, yeah happy it's like it shows through your eyes it shows through your face it shows through your energy and that's why people say all the time I'm like I'm not the most beautiful girl in the world I mean shoot there's so many pretty women all over but then sometimes you talk to them you're like oh they're blah. And then it's, like, <laughs> it's like the energy. And sometimes when I meet people in person, they're like, oh my God, you're actually pretty. Oh, thanks. I didn't know that. I didn't, you know, so it's, it's, it all depends because it's, I think it's like some people may not be attracted to this look, but then when they meet me in person, they're like, oh my God, I really like her. So it's like, it all depends. And yeah. Well, and, and that's one thing I noticed about you when we met at the Inspiring Lives magazine soiree is you're so you're really pretty. I mean, you're obviously striking and you stand out in a crowd, but you're you're the way you are. There's nothing false or standoffish or snobby. You're just like the most sweet. You were just the easiest person to talk to and introducing me to everyone and acting like I was the rock star. I mean, you just are so generous, you know, Thank you. Thank you. I pretty that. on the inside and out. Can you tell me what it is for you? What is what is singing for you? Like, what is that experience like for you? Why is it something that you just persistently <laughs> must do? Can you tell me what it's like for you? Being in a playground, like this, the stage is my Disneyland. I say that all the time. It's like the happiest place on earth, which is so funny. Like every time I do a national anthem, let's say for a big NBA game, like the Clippers or something, I did the grand opening for the Clippers game this year, right? Thank God they won because that also holds off to, you know, your credibility. If they win, that's a good thing for you because that means you're so imagine like singing for one minute and 30 seconds in that stadium with 20,000 people and all the attention is just on you, your voice, no one else, not one basketball player, not another one, but for one minute and 30 seconds, the most attention will go to the national anthem singer. That's pressure. 20,000 people, you're looking around like, oh shoot, right? But, um, yeah, and that's that's only the people in the stadium, let alone the people that are going to watch it during on TV and after on TV. Right. Man. 
so it's like that's a lot of feel like it's that's just sometimes I feel like you know the gift that I have is beyond me it's a purpose that was given to me sometimes in the beginning when I was younger I didn't know what to do with that purpose but like I said it's a light that you give off because that's so much energy you you know touch people's lives I love the feeling of being able to give people goosebumps I know what, it's like it's weird. I can I know and I feel when I do when I'm singing. It's like something beyond you. You just I just sing and I can feel it. And as soon as I'm done, literally like my very last, and everyone's clapping, I'm like I bow down and I'm like okay, stop looking at me. I hate going walking through the crowd because I'm so embarrassed. Even though I was like oh my god, good job, but I'm like so shy. Like okay, stop looking at me now. Like I don't want the attention anymore. You know when I'm on stage. The fierceness, I don't care. Each and every person, you look at me, you look at me. Don't talk on the phone. Don't talk to your friends. Look at me. But when I'm off stage, it's like, okay, I'm done. Just kidding. That's it. Done. Bye. So it sounds almost like there's like another part of you that comes out. Yeah. Mega Ranella. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's why I'm like, it's, it's weird. But it's the best feeling in the world. Like, I can't, I always visualize myself in a, in, in a stage with a big crowd. The bigger, the better. The bigger, and, the better. That's what excites me more than a man. Cool. Well, can you, can you speak? Can I have one more question around that? Sure, of course. Um, can you, can you t- tell me like, what do you think it is that you do when you walk out on that stage that gathers everybody to you and gets their attention? What do you think is the key to performing for large audiences? You know what? They don't, sometimes for large audiences, it's, I mean, obviously the way you look, um, but to be honest, and this is honestly the main time that they really focus on me is when they start hearing me sing. Mm. When they hear me sing, that's when they're like, oh, and then all of a sudden, I even see it in the corner of my eyes and like people take videos, right? That people start coming from the outside of the stadium, buying whatever drinks they have with their drinks in hand, like starting to walk towards the stadium from the doors, just to be like, who's that girl? And that's when I know I, go, I grab their attention. Because obviously there's beautiful women everywhere. There's, tra- there's so many people around you that's grabbing, grabbing your attention. You know, guys are there to see women, women are there to see men, and you know, whatever. People are there to see the players, and just a stadium alone is so entertaining. Just being there, all the energy. I mean, yeah, of course, they make an announcement. Renella's here, blah, blah, blah. And they make an announcement with the mascot, too. You know what I mean? But no one really cares sometimes if the mascot, mascot is there or not. You're there with your friends. But as soon as they hear me sing, oh, done. It's, it's, that's it. And that's why, even as I'm speaking right now, it's a confirmation. Like, I have to continue. This is my gift. If you would like to be sharing more of your gift with the world, then I really want to encourage you to take the Performers and Creators Lab podcast performance challenge, right? Hashtag P-A-C-L challenge. I know I keep talking about it. I can't talk about it enough. The whole month of September, we are encouraging you to take your work, take your art, take your hug tunnel, your eye gazing, your experiment, your performances out into the world into public spaces, we're raising awareness, but also you're going to be entered to win. You could actually win the guest seat 
as the final guest on the Performers and Creators Lab podcast for the 2018 season episode. But I know that for some of you, that might not even be enough. You're like, really? I don't know. I just don't feel inspired. So I thought of 10 reasons why you want to perform in public, why this is a good thing, why you should want to do it. Okay. So number one, it forces you to get creative. Okay. It may very well be that whatever you normally do doesn't actually work very well on the street or in an uncontained atmosphere. So you have to get creative. You have to find ways to do it differently. You have to maybe include your audience. You have to make it work. Number two, you get as much stage time as you want. The audience is constantly changing. And so you're welcome to keep performing as long as you like. You could take a break and then you can return for more. So, hey, it's not a bad place to practice if you want to refresh your repertoire. Number three, you can earn tips. All right. You don't have to put out a hat, of course, if you don't want to. But I'm not telling you not to put out a hat if you want to. So if you want, you can put out a hat, put out something that can collect money, or you can have a friend pass the hat after your performance. And you could actually earn a little cash for your public performance efforts in real time. There's like no ticket fees, no theater rental or production costs to pay for. It's pretty sweet. You'd be surprised sometimes with the right crowd you can actually make a, you know, make a little nice, take yourself out to a really nice dinner after. Number four, you can try things you wouldn't normally perform. So, you know, you're thinking, I don't know if that scene for my acting class is going to play very well. Though, well, that's fine. Try something else. Maybe dust off your clarinet that you don't get to play often enough or get together with a group of friends to dress up in summer shorts and Santa hats and sing ironic Christmas carols. I don't know, but just do something you don't normally do. Number five, performing in public means you can take bigger risks. Believe it or not, because there's no expectations, people aren't, didn't know that you were going to be performing. So there's really a lot less pressure. No one is expecting a masterful performance, and the stakes are actually very low. So there's a lot of opportunity to try things you wouldn't normally, because, hey, if it bombs, typically the only response will be that people just stop watching or they walk away. Big deal. Number six, you get to connect with your audience more because the line before, between performer and audience becomes blurred when you're forced to create your own stage on the street. It'll give you that chance to really connect with them and talk to them directly. Number seven. On the other hand, you get to practice your boundary-setting skills. So in, in addition to connecting with your audience, you also get to work on, hey, you know, what kind of boundaries do you want to have with them? How much do you want to engage with them at any moment? How much, you know, do you want to invite them into your stage? And also you practice seeing how long you can hold that space uninterrupted. Number eight. You get to hone your performance skills. When your audience is on the go, then you're getting moment-to-moment feedback on what you're doing, whether it's holding their attention or not. So you'll find out exactly where your work drags, loses energy, or just, you know, simply it just goes on too long. 
Number nine, the ninth reason why you should take your work into public spaces is you get to help raise awareness for inclusion, right? That's what this is all about. We're raising awareness so you get to let people know that you're doing this for the hashtag PACL challenge to help raise awareness for the need for inclusion of different types of people in entertainment, TV, film, and media. So, you know, whether you make it a part of your act or not, just by sharing the message, you get to help be a part of a movement of an army of artists. And finally, number 10, the 10th reason why you should take the performance challenge is that you get to be a beautiful surprise in someone's day. Guess what? You are a gift, and so is your performance. And simply by bringing your art into a public space, you can bring unexpected joy to people, or you can make them think more deeply about something, or feel something, or just simply give them a lift that they weren't expecting. So I hope that you join the Performers and Creators Lab Performance Challenge. Remember, Perform it, videotape it, and share it on social media with the hashtag PACL challenge to be instantly entered to win. For more information, visit performersandcreatorslab.com. And in case you hadn't guessed, this is Renella Ferrer singing Down for You. First word. What is music? Love. Hmm. Performing. Power. Songstress. Humility. Fear. Transparency. Um, transformation. Change. Image. Superficial. Star. <laughs> Love. <laughs> that bastard, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 to be honest, to be honest, okay, we're fine. Um, God. You're <laughs> 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 closing my eyes. I was like, fine. God. <laughs> That's it. You can open your eyes now. Okay. Did you analyze me now? Because I know you do that too. <laughs> analyze you. <laughs> I think you have a very sweet, open heart, and you are very pure of heart. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, there you have it. That was Renella Ferrer. And hey, if you want to be analyzed, 
You don't need me to do it. There's actually a quiz that you can take that I created called the Creative DNA Quiz. So you can go to www.performersandcreatorslab.com and you'll find that tab there, Discover Your Creative DNA. You can take that and that will analyze you. You'll be analyzed by me via the quiz. All right. And don't forget to join the performance challenge the whole month of September. Hashtag PACL challenge. I look forward to watching your videos. And I want to make sure that I thank my team, Melanie Myers, Hannah Romanowski, Tim Beal, Dan Cantrell, and Erica Milligan. Those are my think tankers. And thank you, Dan, for the music that you produce, that you compose for this podcast. I'd also like to thank my producers, Q4TA and Robert Cholino at the Voice America Network. And of course, thank you for listening to the Performers and Creators Lab podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. All right, until next week. My name is Holly Shaw.